Welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast. It's Joey here, and today I'm joined by Paul and Dills to talk about what it's like to manage a gym like Jungle Botany. Pass it on to my editing team, bro. Paul Retainer. <laughs> oh. It's bulletproof rent. Jules is paying the bulletproof rent. Can you turn mine up, bro? Yeah, coming up. Um, tell me how that sounds coming up. Yep, yep. Good there? Good, thanks. So Good. you guys you guys are going to start a podcast? Yes. This is the public declaration of it right now. Ooh. No, we're thinking about it. Yeah. We want to, but what? we need it. I thought it was going to be a blog. Let's fucking do something. We want a botany-centric one because it's fucking fantastic that you're still doing the JB's, the Jungle Brothers one, but people want to know what's happening here. Too quiet there. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I was trying to find mine. No, yeah. it's just that I I respect the podcast so much that I don't want to start it and fuck it up and not be able to sustain it. Um, That's so the whole shit, isn't it? Yeah, just how many years have we burned ourselves starting shit and not being able and fucking you True know that. just not being able to service it. But I think it's a necessity. There's there's a place and the people want it, right? Like it. Even if we're like, we talk about doing a blog and all this other stuff, this service is all of that. The podcast is a blog in a sense, right? Like you're still talking about a topic. You're still discussing something that's of interest to the people on the floor. And it gives us a way to communicate to our people about the things that they want to know about without having to have a hundred conversations a week. Yeah. But it's harder than a blog too, right? Yeah. Like, and uh, you know, arguably a blog could, you can do the same thing. Um, but it's, you know, a video into the group each week that does the same thing. It's just like what what medium works. Yeah. Which is really the, the mark shit. Almost not my coffee. <laughs> it's the marketing question, isn't it? It's like there's all the different channels. Which ones are you going to go with? I think, and I only mentioned the podcast recently because I have thought about that and I believe it is the podcast. For both sides of the table, for consumers and for our time in the week, it's the most pow- powerful and potent. Um, I just want to have a complete admin team in an ideal way that we don't have to do anything. We just come and talk and, and have the and Paulie, ideas. Yeah, we're just the uh, the talent and everyone else takes the responsibility. Well, you know, there's well, going to be stuff to do, but if just all the button pressing and stuff, that's we've done that before for ages and you do parts of that now, Joe, and it's it's time consuming and I we got all the other stuff that we're doing at the same time. Damn it. But, you know, it's... um. Like I, I just set up um, email software for the Alliance and I'm going to do a weekly blog and that blog will go out as a newsletter and I'll also link to the podcast in that newsletter. So I'm like making better use of the content that we're creating on the show, right? But the gym already has the newsletter system in place. It already has the email list. It's kind of everything's sort of already there. You know, you've already got Instagram going, you're already posting on it every day. So actually, you just got to do an episode and edit it, which I've found a really quick way to do that. This fucking desk is unbelievable. Like you don't, you hardly have to do anything. Um, You're in a very good position to, to do it in a real simple express way. And it streamlines the other stuff too, because what I found when I was doing the the five minute fry in the end was that is your IG post. And if we're doing a podcast that's the podcast episode for the week it's like oh what's the topic we're speaking about oh what did i just write about obviously that's important right now you're getting the message across 
to different people who absorb it through the different medias so you don't miss anyone. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. What would you call it? Jungle Botany, right? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. You got an opportunity to come up with something fun. Something cool. You know? Yeah, I think there's... It's a show. Like we, uh, you know, the Bulletproof one's called Bulletproof. I'm like, that's a bit boring. We could actually come up with something better for that, but, you know. Yeah. Henched. Henched, yeah. That's the, that's, that'd be a good Bulletproof one. You know, like I was looking for a pod... I mean, it depends on the purpose too, doesn't it? I was looking for a podcast the other day. I was like... I wanted to learn some shit about email automation. So I was like, email marketing automations. And then it was like popped up with a bunch of podcasts, <laughs> right? But the top one I saw was like, email automation secrets. I'm like, fuck yeah, that's the one I want. Like, <laughs> if that guy had have called it something like Jungle Brothers, you know, yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. really speak to yeah. the context of the thing. But it's, you know, whatever. You're not trying to be searchable to the entire internet. Trying to talk to the peoples. Yeah, no, I, I'm fucking keen as... Should work that out. Could be, yeah. You'll come up with a fucking sick name. I'll start thinking on or it. Or Joey. Joey just pops into his head. You're good at giving nicknames. You've always have been. You and Peaches. <laughs> you just see someone go. This is his nickname. <laughs> and you're like fucking spot on. Be- Beanhead. <laughs> yeah, that's all shit. You're like, oh my god. Yeah. Daily is He's savage. So right. He He's came a- in yesterday. Did he? Yeah. Right on. How's he doing? By. He's good. Yeah. He just had a six week trip to Mexico and Cali. For, for work? Oh, oh cool. Yeah, nice. Yeah. But he came in and met everyone here for a, for a bit. That's old friend from the film industry for a bit of context for the listeners. Are we on? Yeah, we're on. We're, we're, uh, we're on. sipping Panavore coffee today. We're, we're back. The sponsorship has resumed. Okay. Yeah. I haven't mentioned it for some because we just went, fell out of the habit of drinking coffee during the episode. Part of that was because T went away and then the podcast got a little bit kind of haphazard. But then the other side of it was we started recording later in the day. I think we started recording at one o'clock mm. and uh, it just was too late to get we super caffeinated. So anyway, we pulled it back to 11.15 start time where it feels more appropriate to hit the black gold. And so today we're back on the homebrew. Um, big props to Tree. If you haven't been to Panavore, it's our local cafe in Pagewood. Please go there, get yourself a black coffee and a Joey sandwich. Only black coffee because anything else... Black is the way to go. But they do, I mean, it's true. Uh, I don't mind a milky coffee in the afternoon. Yeah. Going to put that out there. But theirs are exceptional. So I would say whatever coffee you like. Is going to be off, yeah. off the radar. But you're a black guy exclusively? Exclusively. Yeah, no milk, please. Right on. The black guy over here likes white. <laughs> white, yeah. <laughs> I'll drink black coffee too, but my regular is a flash, flash white. Strong flat white. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's kind of like a Latino vibe. Yeah, a little bit like that. We're talking about, um, I wanted to chat today about you guys running the gym and, mm-hmm. and I kind of wanted to just zero in on a, cup, on a few sort of key parts about <clears throat> what, the, what the reality is of, of running a gym and maybe how, you know, looking at Dylan who's sort of fresher to the game mm. as a coach and whatnot, maybe where your expectations were different to what the actual reality of it has been. Yep. I'm kind of thinking of someone that's, that's running a gym or – thinking about one day running a gym and sort of like, ah, oh, what sort of words of warning or, you know, what sort of prep can we give you? Um, could you guys give me, tell me like how the split works between you two and, you know, who's the manager, who's the whatever. Yeah. Give us that, give us that background. So who's the daddy? No. <laughs> it's a beautiful gay marriage. There's two daddies. <laughs> <laughs> 
Paul's just staring at me now. <laughs> Coming out for a bear hug. I might have exchanged a couple of bro jobs at the Christmas party, but I'm not gay. <laughs> hey, Dills, do me a favor. Go more into the end of the mic, would you? Yep. Legend. How's that? Better? Yeah, good. You'll come Sweet. through a bit up there. Cool, cool. Yeah, no, the, the roles are, are, are split. They used to be probably split heavier in my direction, whereas since I got back from the honeymoon, we've made some changes and it's probably now split heavier in Paul's direction. He's come on board, taken a few things off my shoulders and stepped up to the plate. Stepped up to the plate. I like that. Yeah. Paul is finally starting to pull his weight is what I'm picking up between the lines there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I played it smart, really. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, yeah, so it's changed recently. Yeah. But I don't know if it's it's that heavy. Like, on paper, you've still got shitloads to do. Yeah. You know, and um, I guess in small business, there's never not something to do. There's always something that you could be doing better or different or looking into this or that. It's just about just evening up how much time we're committed to doing that thing. Yeah. And, and you could say that, yeah, all the hats are important, like – the simplest one, keeping the gym floor clean, you could fucking go to town on that and just really elevate that. Just because one's doing a kind of general manager role doesn't mean that that, you know, they're all part of the same thing. But yeah, I guess it has shifted a little bit. Um, Dylan used to, or for a long time, he took on that role of the voice of the tribe, mm-hmm. which is what we call it, um, which means that he's writing the Five Minute Friday emails. He's on the Instagram as well. Um, tied into that is just being the main communicator for all things that are going on in the gym. He'd also hold the calendar of events and he would hold that. Obviously, we work together on everything, but that kind of responsibility fell with him last and it's quite a lot and tied into that. What else is there involved? Yeah, the big thing is, like Paulie was saying, it's just the communication to everyone about everything that's happening there. And it really is time consuming because you're talking about like the Instagram alone, like Paul was saying, you can dive deep on that and that can take up, I mean, most businesses when they get big business, they have someone who just does that. So you're doing that and then you're writing a blog every week with the five minute Friday and then you've got to make sure that there's posters for the events coming up and you've got to make sure all the coaches knows what's happening with those events and what the standard is. So it definitely builds up. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that, yeah, with that role, there's a lot of um, worrying or just anticipating what's going on, um, which, yeah, just takes up just kind of mental credit in mm. your brain. Mm. Um, so I've taken that on. I'm otherwise the general manager role. That's my main title, I suppose. Yep. Um, and for Dylan would be gym manager, right? Yeah, which means that Paulie is in charge of that voice of the tribe and the bigger picture of botany as a whole. So like what's the direction we're heading what are the changes we want to make? What are we trying to do for our tribe? And then I'm in charge of the floor and making sure that that greater vision is being shown through the day-to-day runnings of the gym. Right on. Yeah. So if we simmer that back then, Paul, it's, for Paul, it's kind of like strategy marketing. Yep. Correct. And and yep. And sort of direction. Yep. And then deals, you're kind of like operations, like making sure that the whatever, the things that need to happen relevant happen. to those playing out you're doing sales you're doing yeah coaches dev all that stuff exactly that's a good split that makes a lot of sense it's actually like we've tried a lot of different variations of this and so far i think this is the smoothest it's working well yeah we've we've enjoying it yeah since we started being the duo here 
we we've probably switched maybe this is our third time. Yeah. And I think that's always been good. We always kind of review at some point the roles, whether it's six monthly or whatever it's kind of worked out to be. But yeah, it's been good that you've been able to, in the past to say, hey, uh, can we review this? Because, you know, yep. it's not quite working. And this time myself, while you were away, I, I had a lot of thinking and, you know, we reviewed it upon his return. I think that's always important because, um, yeah, like shit changes. And you fall Things into the habit to light. of just doing what you got to do because it needs to be done. And <clears> if you don't question like, oh, does it need to be done? Or is this the most efficient way to do it? Or am I just doing it because I know it's got to get done? Yeah. Yeah, there's that... <clears throat> Also, too, like the tasks which you touched on before are like they're never ending. There's always like there's always work to be done. So mm. whatever time you have will just be filled with tasks. And I can, you know, I think looking back, say pre, prior to Dill's coming on in management and when it was you, me and T, we were all equally busy when there was three of us. And it's yep. because you just create new tasks. Correct. You're like, you know what you, sh- you know, you know what needs to oh, fucking do this. Should start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it ju- you know, T, T, when it, T became the money mitigator and he would be, he would be the money mitigator in his like Monday money mitigator report. <laughs> and it was like, it what was is like, that? Like, what is so that? Was, so that was, so it was an important role. Yeah. It was, he was in charge of oh, no, analyzing, could- analyzing our expenses and looking at where we could cut back because we were, we were, but really, it's like, well, that should just fall on whoever's doing accounts or yep. finance. And it's not like the money mitigator doesn't, shouldn't actually be a role that require, it's just part of doing the financial <laughs> report. So you know, you just look at the bank account. Okay, we don't need that. Hey, guys, we're shutting this shit down. Done. Because I remember, because, um, oh, fuck, what was that series called with the dragon lady that was so big a few years ago? Dragon lady. Um, fucking Game of Thrones. Uh, I started oh, yeah. calling him uh, the mitigator. The mitigation sparrow and so he was the sparrow he was a sparrow <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah he just came in with the cross and was like yeah. you think you can spend that no <laughs> but you but yeah like that's what you do right yeah and i remember too like i'd be in charge of marketing and instead of you know you're coming up with a campaign or something instead of i've got 60 minutes to create this campaign today and then i got 60 minutes on thursday to put it out there it's like all right this week I'm working on the campaign. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. You, yeah. You, so yeah, I think there's a real lesson in that, like not letting those jobs blow out to something that is disproportionate to the actual scale of the business. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that, you know, looking at the gym and looking at us over the years and there's always be, like, we've always been like navigating those waters and sort of learning from those. Yeah. When you look back at it, God, yeah, we've come a long way. I know personally I've come a long way. I definitely dote on something or spend way too much time on something and I really had to work to get that perfectionist thing out of me and, and look at it go, man, it needs to be done by this time um, or 80% and get it out there because it doesn't matter as much as you might think. The deadline. Yeah, it's getting it done is more important and that was really hard for me to let go of for years. But yeah, it, it, it's a skill. I think a big part of that is having business partners too. And I'm sure you guys can talk about this when there was the three of you as well, right? But there's so many times where I'll be doing a task and I've told Paulie I'll get it done by a time. And I'm like, well, 
fuck, now I've got to get it done by that time because it's not just me that's accountable for it. It's the whole business and I've made a commitment, so I've got to make that commitment happen. It's true, but you know, I think the business partners alone aren't enough. It, there has to be that hardcore accountability, yeah. doesn't there? Because it's very easy for to show up to your weekly meeting and be like, hey, I know I said I'd have this done, but I, I didn't because I actually want to spend a bit more time on it. And most of the time, the business partner is going to go, oh, I get it, man. That's cool, you know? But actually, you probably need to hear, no, dude, it's fucking due today. I don't, just, just get it done, you know, in a way because you're like, all right, I'm, I'm talking shit right now. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. And it's hard. It's hard to speak to someone in that way. I mean, we fucked around like that for a long time. So long. Not? That's why I'm looking at you blankly, yeah. <laughs> going back to those memories. But it's true, you know. Uh, I think that, yeah, the, me- the weekly meetings – like I, I still maintain that as kind of one thing that we overlook the importance of, which is that structure to me as a general manager. Like it's the one process that put in straight away has, has so much power because a lot of people just don't have meeting times and stuff like that. But yeah, like you said, inside of it, that meeting, you, you need to have that hardcore accountability. And I think over time we've learned um, that inside of those meetings, the reports really help with that. Yeah having numbers, hard numbers, the right numbers, and then uh, a realistic idea of where they fucking should be and where they shouldn't be. Because that's the the bottom line that we've, you know, come to realise over time. Yeah, the math don't lie. Yeah, numbers are the king. Mm-hmm. Still don't, you know, still don't live by it, <laughs> but getting closer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell me then on the, you know, on the sort of, and this is a... a I guess I'll direct this at you, Dills, because yeah. because you are fresher into being a leader of this business. What's been what's challenged maybe your expectations in terms of what's actually important about running a gym? Well, as you might have gathered from that last discussion, that last little bit we were going on about, how little of the job is actually coaching. Right? Like obviously we're still all coaching every day, we're still seeing people, we're still getting a lot of movement in, but the amount of time that's taken up by the other sides of the job and how important they are and how coaching is almost like the reward for you doing a good job at everything else that you're doing. Definitely not something I realized was going to be the case when I first stepped into it. Tell me more on that. Like you thought that, did you kind of, tell, like paint the picture of what you thought it might be like? Was yeah. there a lot of training involved? Yeah, there was a <laughs> lot of training. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, I had blurred concepts to begin with because one, I started this during COVID, right? So I was training six to eight hours a day and I'm like, oh yeah, this You're is doing fine. six to eight hours a day? Yeah, Edo, man. Fucking guy. Edo at that time, yeah. right? And then I'm like, well, I can just train all day and then I've still got like six hours to work because I don't have anything else to do. I can't leave the house, can't go out and it's home anyway. So it's fine. I'm spending time with her. It's all good. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. It's, it's coach two, three hours, then I'll train, do what I've got to do. Then it's a, a little bit of time for admin and then I'm done. Because obviously, even though we were figuring things out and making things work during COVID, the admin wasn't the same as it is when the gym is open. Don't have to worry about the gym floor being clean. Don't have to worry about as many class announcements or making sure that like all the equipment's up to knack, all those other little things that take up time just weren't there. So it was like, it was easier to think there was less to the job. Right. Yeah. 
and then post COVID, you come back into the gym, and then all of a sudden, there's this all these extra tasks exactly. that you're doing. Exactly right, and not only that, but my my role evolved quite quickly here. So all of a sudden, I'm I'm going from just being like gym bitch slash assistant to you guys while doing PT to stepping into more of like a, a manager role. So all of a sudden, all those new responsibilities come in. I'm calling leads. I'm helping you with the IG at that stage, right? And the tasks just keep building up and building up and building up. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, well, actually the split of my time is probably more 20 to 30% coaching and 70% making sure that the gym is working the way it needs to work. Yeah. Tell me again, you mentioned it. How much training are you doing these days per day? Two to three hours. Still pretty decent. Still like a substantial chunk and it's not something I think I'll be doing for many more years. Too much, man. You'd be up in the office with me. I thought you'd come a bit further with it all, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so, right? Like you'd think I'd have more than a 10-second handstand by now. (laughs) But no, like it's also something where now I'm not as sold to it either, right? Like if I'm having a session in the morning and then the the workload increases i'm not going to stay back late to do my second session i'm going to do what i need to do in the office and then it's like okay i'll go home i know i'm going to get the training in throughout the week it doesn't matter right yeah yeah okay do you have a dream just you know kind of side note do you wish to return to the six to eight hours of training a day is that Fuck, an aspiration no 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 right no what a life or some shit no i'm good man i like i like obviously we all love training but it's only a certain aspect of this life and i don't want to be a one-dimensional creature right like i don't want to be the best movement dude who can do all the things but then has no idea how to run a business or has no relationships like the relationship i've got with you guys or my partner and i think that's the path that leads you down right like if all you're doing is focusing on training six to eight hours i'm sure you're going to have the best line ever and you're going to be able to do a killer ring routine but you're probably not that interesting of a person yeah yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. You definitely sacrifice other things, and you know, you know what I just I think on that that's quite kind of fascinating. You know, when you look at someone who is elite, you look at an elite mover, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Somewhere in your looking mind, looking at me now, bro. Yeah, I bro. Know you're, yeah, <laughs> stop looking at me, but yeah, black dude. I'm like, somewhere in your mind, you think, Man, imagine what it must feel to be that person. Like, imagine how good they feel. They feel strong, flexible all the time. But that's the same shit people think about when they see you doing whatever you do. Yeah. That you're doing your muscle ups or your ring routine. They're like, wow, imagine what it wakes. Imagine Paulie waking up every day feeling like a savage. Mm. And you're like, nah, man, I wake up, kind of feel tired and a bit beat up. Like, yeah, like that's the life, you know. Um, it would be exactly the same for the people at the elite end. But we still, that, that sort of misconception still somewhere in your subconscious, isn't it? Yeah. So true. Because cool that's sort of, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of what you're chasing. It's like this, it's almost like you become superhuman. It's like, you, you no, you don't. You just acquire more skills that you can express when you're in the gym. Yeah. It's like, uh, have you ever had a conversation with like an investment banker or a rich dude? Like a really rich dude? Uh, no let's say no I've had a couple like back in the old job and they'll be talking and it's like all they talk about is things to do with money because that's all that they're thinking about right (laughs) like it's like and it's the same if you've got that high level mover it's like okay we've talked about the gym for 15-20 minutes now what about like what do you do on weekends it's like well I train get my training in yeah I got planche the handset it's like okay cool (laughs) sweet (laughs) what else All right. so then um 
Paul, I'm guessing you got anything to add to that? I'm guessing it's kind of much of a muchness. Yeah, uh, pretty much what you said. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't really come into it the same way that you did. But yeah, definitely I would say if I was telling someone who was stepping into this space, especially the young persons who are like fucking training and all the leads will come to me. People are just going to get attracted because I'm becoming more of a beast. Yeah, you end up doing a lot more stuff off the ball than on the ball. It's like the same thing, same thing that comes with coaching. Coaching is a lot less to do with the movements, but the coaching itself, which I think is a misconception as well. Just, you know, it's a bit imbalanced when you start coaching. I need to know all the movements. Give me the exercises. All of the exercises, I need to know them properly. It's like, yeah. Now you just need to know the basic exercises really fucking well and the rest is in all in how you're coaching the person, the delivery of it and all that sort of stuff. Similar thing. What about you, Joe? Because you... You came from a different path to me and Paul because this was our first gym, but you did some PTs and stuff beforehand and would have had a better idea of what what was involved with that side of things. Was it different or was it sort of what you expected it to be? No, it was definitely different, you know, but I, I was so naive back then. And because we were, you know, because we we're kind of building it from the scrap, from scratch, it was just, yeah, I was really oblivious to the realities of it. You know, I kind of figured like, I don't know, I, yeah, be training all the time it's going to be sick i'm going to make heaps of money i'm going to be cashed up in like, <laughs> you know a couple of years and then get coaches in, you know all that shit and then you know you realize whoa you know money's not like money the money can be good mm-hmm. but it's it's not like you know you're not mr drippy at all yeah um yeah it's way less about the training way more about the business all those same things that you said but i think i was just more oblivious because I wasn't I wasn't watching anyone doing it ahead of me yeah you know yeah it's kind of funny to think that back then we didn't have any friends that owned gyms you know it wasn't it was we just embarked on this new industry and career kind of blind in a way I remember those days Bondi Joe days because I remember you had the office set up back past near the kitchen yep and you had your desk there, and I remember seeing the anatomy posters. It was very cute. Ah, I did too, yeah. yeah. that's where you did all the study for, for this, and you were doing that while we were in the film industry. Yep. And you were studying his certs, Joey. That's it. Yeah, like and you were training kind mastering of Mastering my craft. <laughs> CrossFit, and you knew um, – so, yes, your mates from that time have gone on to own gyms but didn't really know gym owners at that time, right? No, yeah, and I would like Glenn. Yeah, he went yep. on to own CrossFit yep. Bondi, but I think it was the same for him. He yep. opened that gym because he's like, I love CrossFit. I want to train all the time, so I'm going to open a gym. Mm. And then you know, I don't know, maybe he had it for five years or something. Yeah, but I think <laughs> same shit, right? It wasn't, it it wasn't what he thought it was going to be, you know. Um, all right, second piece. What's the other thing that that's been like, you know, you've realized is more important. Or perhaps a different to different to what your expectation was. Yeah, this is going to sta- sound really fucking obvious, but the value of communication. Um, so that's like having the conversations that need to be had when they need to be had, and that's from everything from between me and Paulie, or me and Paul to you and T as business owners, to the coaches, to even like other aspects of my life, like with my partner Anna everything to do with the gym that's happening in my life, making sure she understands what's going on so she's not feeling like I'm not putting weight in at home and things like that as well. 
just being real clear with the conversations you're having with people and making sure that people understand what's happening. On the, uh, I, I see that re- the relationship one, like with your romantic other, mm. that's, that's really uh, significant. Yeah. I think about that, like with my ex, Nikki, who kind of tried to keep the gym at an arm's length. And I always found that very challenging because she didn't really know what I was going through as a person trying to build this business. And so then it just, I mean, if you, if your partner doesn't know what you're actually doing all fucking day and what's like, what's stressing you out and maybe what's keeping you up at night and shit, it's kind of hard to like, I don't know, like it doesn't, it's not a, it doesn't seem like a healthy place for a relationship to be, does it? Yeah. Being in business and growing your own business, I think, maybe it's just a business of this nature because um, we're, we're, you know, it, it speaks to all of our values as a person. So it's a real passion project. Yeah, I think it has to, it has to, it has to be part of your, your whole life. Yeah, absolutely. I've had those issues in the past too. Um, but yeah, I, that's such a good point to make, hey, because when you're in business or growing a business, it's very different to just going and clocking in and clocking out of another job. It's all-consuming um, and in the, yeah, in communicating with all the people around you is yeah really important. The other aspect of of it, um, I was going to say, is fucking communication. Like, is that sorry, team management? Not to jump off that topic too quickly, but um, yeah, team management is I think something that's that's really huge. And I think that happens in a lot of industries where someone might be really proficient at their job. Say they're in a corporate job and they're a fucking designer or whatever and they get really good at design over five, six, eight years and then they get the promotion and it's like, boom, you're in management. Um, It's like, okay, big salary and it's a natural progress but you have no management skills whatsoever. I think that changed decades ago. uh, Corporations know that they have to upskill those people to get them in those roles but shit doesn't happen really here there's no one here doing that for you necessarily but yeah when you go into that management role you hire someone else it's like yeah that's a huge huge thing that um if you're not watching out for it um it's everything because your one person business turns into two persons and then four persons and uh, a lot starts to ride on other people um and communicating with them well being upfront. Uh, keeping people motivated with all expectations kind of laid out there is like yep. a really important part of the job. Yeah, it's setting the standard. It's making sure that people have a clear understanding of what your expectation is for them in that role before they're in that role. I think this is actually a big problem even from when I used to work in, in sales and stuff is you'd get people... The problem is you you do a good job you get rewarded, you get promoted, but they're not necessarily making sure you're ready for that promotion. They're making sure you're the best at the job that you're doing now. Right. Right. So it's always at a fault. If you keep doing well, eventually you're going to reach a point where you're not qualified enough for that next role. And no one, because of the way society is, is going to say, nah, you know what? I don't want that pay increase. Right. Because that's what it is. It's a promotion is a pay increase. Yes, the responsibilities increase, but it's also the only way that your wage can increase in most businesses. Whereas if we were to say, let's reward someone for doing a good job by giving them a pay increase, but maybe not increase the responsibility in certain aspects, it's like, okay, that's going to work a bit better. Yeah, it's interesting because no one turns down a promotion, right? Like, or very few people. It takes a special someone to say, I don't want that extra workload. I'm happy here. 
Yeah, I suppose generally speaking. Yep. Interestingly, I feel like people say in our realm here, like who work who have worked in this gym, yep. are often inclined to be like, no, nah, I'm good. Like I'm happy where I am, you know? Mm. But I'm, I'm, I can only imagine in that corporate environment that it's pretty much how you play the game. Yeah, because it's a status thing too, right? Like yeah. it is your status within the industry. Post-COVID, lots of people are in COVID. Lots of people got promotions without pay too. Cool. <laughs> oh, did they? Yeah, loads of people. We'll give you the status, but not the cash lay. That's shit. Yeah, or just people, or, or there were unrecognized promotions where it was like, hey, you're dealing, you're the so-and-so manager now and you've got all these things. It's like, oh, really cool, huh? Paycheck's <laughs> <laughs> um, still the same weight here. Yeah, lots of people copped lots of extra work over that time. And so I guess the, the third facet of that communication piece is between business partners. Yeah. Talk to me about that. You, you two, so essentially. I can personally say that on the weeks that me and Paul miss our Monday chat or don't have the chance to communicate with each other, they're the weeks that seem to be shit. 100%. Nah. Oh, totally, dude. Like... This is the person that I get to spend. (laughs) (laughs) Apart from Anna, right? Like Paul is the person that I spend the most of my time with. And we've got a relationship now where if something's going on, whether it's business or whether it's something at home, he's the person I talk to and vice versa because I know he's going to want to be across it because it's what affects me most and it's going to affect him too. But it's also like if I'm dealing with something at work he's the person that's going to be able to help me with it and actually give me advice on it too and vice versa like i know that if he's got an issue with something that he's doing and he's going to bring it to me my my opinion is going to be taken on whether or not he agrees with it it's going to be something that's going to help him deal with that issue i love chatting with you too yeah bro no you guys (laughs) yeah but it's it is true though those weeks where you like we always have the monday meet yeah you know we we don't really we might have missed one if someone was away and but you we always have it to some degree but it's like it's the rest of the week if our schedules don't line up and then we're always just passing ourselves and like seeing each other every day but not stopping to have like a proper communication yeah or if we're not working on a piece where we're like hey let's work together on this thing on wednesday for an hour like if we don't have any of that the the, the week seems it seems very well first Incomplete. of all Incomplete. <laughs> you complete me. No, but it. I also don't. I have a uncertainty as to whether he's doing what we spoke about on the Monday, and yep. him the same with me. Yeah, yeah. The so accountability's like, out of whack, isn't yes, it? Yes. I'm like, oh, is he doing that, or have I done that, or what's going on? And often, you know, I'm occupying one half of the day just generally in the gym, and he's doing the other half. So then I don't know really what's going on in that half of the gym that day. Um, so yeah, without the communication and it being kind of frequent throughout the week, um, yeah, it can feel really, well, it's just the unknown. It's like when you're in a relationship and you're not talking about something, it just, you start to imagine things and it's just not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Would you think that there'd be like, obviously it's not all for you guys, it's not necessarily logistically viable, but is there benefit to like getting together every day or a couple of times a week? Not for a large meeting, but do you think that those regular check-ins are super valuable? A hundred percent. Yeah. Cause like 
you can just update each other on the projects that you're working on. Like Paul said, it sets it sets the other person at ease. They know that you're pulling your side of the weight and vice versa so that they can keep moving forward with what they're doing. Mm. And also, let's say something isn't getting done, it's not going to build up to a point where it's like, oh, well, every time I see you, we're rushing, so I'm not giving you the feedback that I need to give you. It's just a quick like, oh, hey, how you going? Right? If I have that more often deeper communication we're going to bite this in the butt before it becomes that bigger issue and then we end up having a blowout or something like that yeah um i think that you end up finding a groove with a um someone that you work closely with Mm. so like i would say yeah we're in a good good groove now and we have an understanding and he'll talk to me when he needs to and i will the same but like probably when you're starting out you want to be kind of strict with that because you want to build your reps and build your habits and have that time, you know, working together with someone for the first time can be awkward. And because it's a little bit awkward, it's inefficient. So like you want to be doing that all the time to start getting more efficient, more understanding. Our meetings are like quite short, you know, now some topics we can pass on really quickly just because we have that understanding. So if you're starting out high frequency, I think works while you're trying to get to somewhere where we're at now where yeah we we know each other intuitively other thing i'd say is like when um if there's a project that's being worked on like uh something that we're trying to put into the gym or something that we're changing then frequency will go up like if it's something like tendons that we're trying to look at we'll change the reports to be daily instead of weekly and then the meetings will become more frequent as well yeah right so yeah it's you'll find i think over time it's something that gets worked on it's like how you communicate and how you work with, um, you know, that person, that business partner. I think uh, a warning for the for the younger, like for the people younger or earlier in the journey, when your business is smaller, it can seem kind of silly to have like a team meeting or a weekly meeting when you kind of think there's nothing to talk about and you've only got a handful of members and all that stuff. <clears> but <throat> it's so valuable to just Man. treat your business like – it is a big organization and like all of those individual departments, sales, marketing, member retention, whatever, like like they all are very important because you're then setting a format that's in place when you are busier, aren't you? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's like, and the reality is shit's just as important at that early stage, perhaps more important. Yeah. You know, you need to be checking in and keeping keeping yourself and whether it's maybe you don't have a business partner, but maybe it's with your head coach or you know your second in charge or whatever or maybe it's just with your partner who's not involved in the business with you but they're your sounding board i think yeah it's really important to have that that at least weekly meeting in place i i i think that's such a good point and um i was saying i was kind of talking about that before with the um yeah with the, the meeting and having reports and stuff i've encouraged the coaches here to have that with themselves or with another coach in the gym for their own pt business but um, yeah, in the framework of um, of having those meetings, having a report's really important. But also, like to go into it a bit more, you you have sales, marketing, retention, fucking services, and your offering and stuff like that. I think the the agenda in that meeting is really important because you just need to look over those things every week having a really good thorough agenda is important like even if half of them there's nothing to talk about it's just that prompt to say hey this is one corner of your business that you need to be across all the time because usually other than that you'll just come in there and have a meeting that's just about 
what's most immediate that week. And usually it's just like sales and sessions and stuff like that. And before you know it, there's one whole corner of marketing or, or growth that you haven't been looking at at all um, that you, you need that in the front of mind because in part you've got to be wearing the hats in the, in the actual business. And then the other one is you need to be the general manager and the CEO who's looking out far and beyond. So, yeah, I think that is a huge bit of advice to anyone starting out. It's to set in place the meetings and have a really great agenda that looks across all aspects of your business. You kind of just got to look at them every week and, you know, take a note to them. Oh, these ones okay, actually. We spoke about that last week and it's it's on track. Move on to the next agenda. Yeah, huge, huge for here. Yeah. I think uh, Paulie sort of touched on this with the we know how each other, how to communicate with each other now, right? Because we've been doing this back and forth with just me and him for a while as well. But it's knowing the language that your partner is going to communicate to you in as well. And I'd be interested to hear. Love language? Love language. More (laughs) like, like, okay, if I message them on WhatsApp, are they responsive there? Or are they more of like a face-to-face or a phone call person? Do they respond well to me talking in this tone of voice? Or do I have to take like this approach to them as well? What have you found it like? Because like obviously you've got JT and Bulletproof and you've worked with Paulie and T. Do you communicate differently between those people as well? Yeah. Yeah? Big time. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I, yeah. Get us all on a string. In, <laughs> in simple terms, I can, I can communicate in a more carefree manner with T and Paul. Yep. JT is a bit more trigger happy. <laughs> so I, I have to be a bit more, ca- you know, a bit more cautious about how I word things. Yeah. And, um, and you know, uh, I suppose also then with T and Paul, it's different between how I'd communicate with Paul. I can be a little bit more uh, probably just to the point. Whereas with T, I, I tend to – I feel like it can lend itself to – there's more opportunity for us to misunderstand each other. So I have to be more specific about things. Whereas Paul, and maybe this is partly their personalities and mine, but yeah. also the fact that we're more – we're working here in the gym together still yeah. versus T's up, up there. So, you know, he's not – contextually, he doesn't know what's going on in my day as much. Yeah. Whereas there's things Paul just knows, you know. So, yeah, yeah, it's always different. What about with the alliance and with like taking on – obviously, you're the main point of communication for a lot of these new guys hopping in. Is it like a clear path of communication that's similar for all of them or is it the same with like how you're talking to JT, Paul and T a little bit different because they have different needs at the time or because they communicate differently? It's the same, right? They're kind of like my gym members. Yeah. You know, and you're like, you know that that member's like that, that member, you know, that one you can banter with, that one you can tease. It's knowing that one you got to be a bit more gentle. Yeah. It's totally that. Cool. Um, Yeah. I think that, you know, probably... That's communication, isn't it? Yeah. Skills and, and, you know, human relations. And it's like, that's always a factor. I do think it's, it's also easy to lose some of the niceties when you're communicating on a business level all the time with a yeah. friend. It can be very easy to lose some of the, just the politeness that you might have with other, you know, people. It's like, hey man, fuck, hey, go on. Hey, I want to ask you about a thing versus I need you to tell me X. Like sometimes the latter is more efficient and appropriate, but if that's how your communication becomes constantly, you probably degrade eroding something a little bit there because it can be a bit irritating when so-and-so is always just asking you for shit or demanding whatever. It's exactly why I always push the point of like, 
the three of us meeting up and going to dinner every couple of months or doing something like that with the coaches for that exact reason. It's like, yeah, I love working with these people and we are like business partners and we're doing this thing together. And when we're here, it's work, but it's like, okay, I've chose to work with these people because I enjoy their company and I want to remind them that that's the case as well. So let's remove that from the situation and see if we can still just have a good time as friends as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Easily overlooked. Yeah. Um, inc- there was a third point there that we discussed at the end, uh, you know, before the show. What was yep. that? Hard work. Hard work. Hard work. Yeah, bitch. W-E-R-K. Yeah, I think a lot of <laughs> fucking new coaches <laughs> and people who want to own their own gyms come into the industry and they just think it's going to be like a, a ballpark. Like like we said, oh, I, I'm, I'm doing the training. I'm doing the thing. I'm learning how to do all the moves not realizing that at least at the beginning you're going to have to fucking work mate there is a lot of hours that go into anything that we do here and if you're not ready to work hard you're not ready to own a business unpaid hours (laughs) hustle (laughs) yeah so if you're listening to this and you're like hey is running a gym for me my message would be you are not ready (laughs) (laughs) no yeah it's yeah it's Ridiculous hard work, isn't it? Absolutely. Characteristic, I would say, of small business generally. It's yeah. a fucking slog. And I think you you cannot truly appreciate it until you're in it. A hundred percent. That is the case, right? Like I've always thought I was a hard worker and that if I was like put to the task, I'll do the task. But the difference between being put to the task for a company where you're there, I'm there. 9 a.m., cool, I work as hard as I can, 5 p.m., I go home, my day's off. I go to the gym, I do whatever I've got to do to, nah, this is my business. Let's talk 6 a.m. to 8 p.m., all right? Like, or you are working the whole day that you're awake. And your paycheck doesn't reflect it. No, it does not, right? Because there's no such thing as an hourly wage. Like, yep. even if even if you're getting paid by the hour, the your headspace has been taken up. Even if you leave all your work here in the gym there is no way you're not thinking about it when you're at home because this is your baby. This is the thing that you're putting all your time and all your energy into making sure succeeds. And it's not going to succeed if you have that nine to five mentality with it, right? Like that's not to say once you get up and running, you can start to take some of that load off, help spread it with your employees and everything like that. But you need to accept the fact that while you're building this beast, you're going to have to do more than a nine to five. It's like you said, like you can go in and do the tasks, that they give you and go fucking hard at it. But in this job, you've got to come up with your own tasks. Yeah. It's like trying to program the fucking nastiest Metcon for yourself. It's like, <laughs> you know, are you going to fucking go hard on those movements that you're weak at? Like, you know, or the things that are going to get the most growth or, you know, are you going to just make it easy for yourself? Well, you're not going to get anywhere. And fuck, you have to be kind of consistent day in and week out to like make those Metcons hard all the time give yourself a whole bunch of shit to do and then you're going to go do it. Yeah, it's a different breed, I would say. I was chatting to my brother about it last night, Eddie, and he was just like, I do not envy you, bro. He's got a government job. He's like, I don't envy you ever. I was like, I love it, man. I love it. I think that's the other point to be said, right? Like, yeah, it's hard work, but I've never enjoyed my life more than I do right now, right? Like, I just got married. I'm in a good relationship with my partner. Everything's good there. All day I get to come and hang out with the people I truly enjoy being around. And even though I'm I'm working a lot, it's working towards things that are important to me and match my values or that I enjoy to do. 
right? That I get to personally challenge myself the right level because I'm, I'm doing things that are probably just a little bit out of my, my reach and getting better at them because of it. And I've got badass humans who have similar views and want the same thing surrounding me all day. Like there is nothing more I could ask for except for an extra 10K a week. That'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be nice. And some J- and some JB tracky pants this winter. Tracky pants for winter. Yeah, maybe some woolen socks. <laughs> Deal with this concrete slab. Yeah, the yeah, I think it's important to mention like the hard work thing. The the goal is to the goal is to cop that for a period. Yeah. But then get to a, a horizon where you can back off on the unsustainable mm. output that you've been, you know, doing for the last couple of years settle into something that's more balanced and you can be rewarded financially for it. Yeah. Like that's really what, what we're all trying to get to, isn't it? I think the problem is, is when you get into that hard work thing and then there's just no end in sight and you're like, holy fuck, I've been doing this for, you know, and and we've been doing this right with the gym and with the Alliance. It's like, you're like, oh man, when's that day come when the business is just stable and I'm getting paid and you know, we're good. Cause if you are in that constant stage of growth, that that horizon doesn't come, I would say. Yeah, like, you know, it's kind of I don't know. The growth is is the part where you have to like you got to sprint almost. Um, you could say that the horizon never comes, but like there is a very steep climb at, at certain times, which is why I think it's like the horizon has to come. It's got to come. <laughs> has to. A, you'll get to a horizon. I mean, the horizon. Another one. The horizon came for us when we were about four years into the gym business, and we decided to pay ourselves. 2k a week yeah right <laughs> tell us more about that shit was awesome we're like this is great we're plush you know just working like you know doing what we need to do and then like eight 12 months later the accountant said hey you guys are about to go bankrupt you're paying yourselves too much yeah tell and me we're like ah okay <laughs> so we've been living a lie you know but that was a taste of hey this is this is where you want to get to you know where it's like Ah, uh, okay. You can only get to that point when you're actually at that point. You can't just will that point to be here now Jesus. and rip money out of the business. Yeah, that was you know long story there, but we we took some bad advice from a coach at the time. But yeah. um, but you know it, it's like yeah, you can get to that point of balance, and I think like that's really like that should be the goal of any small gym owner or, or business owner. Well doesn't have to be the goal. If you don't want to get there, that's fine. But it should be on your timeline that there is a point that comes where you can be paid for what you're doing. You're not busting your ass every single day and you have time to do the other things in life that you want to do while also enjoying running your business. Yeah. yeah and it's a business in an industry that you enjoy and it's something that you're proud of. It's given you agency and lifestyle in your life and stuff like that in the form of expression. Like obviously those things are, are the reason why you choose this path in the first place. Oh yeah, it's not not hard work forever. No, it's the evolution of the gym too, right? Like as the gym does better and you take on new coaches and they're ready to step into new roles, that's going to free up space for you to do less, right? And that should be a perpetual cycle. As they do better, they take on more. You can step out a little bit to the point where you're still having a vital part to play in the business, but you're less involved in the day-to-day running and it can sort of become self-sufficient. And then hopefully this is the purpose of the alliance right like as those coaches get better at what they're doing the ones below them are also getting better at what they're doing they go open up their own gyms or start their own story and it's just perpetually building up and you're sitting there in your role or you decide that's not the horizon and you go on to the next business that you want to choose your own horizon from there that's right 
It's the gym owner machine. Ooh. Good chat, fellas. Thank you. Thank Whoosh. you. Been uh, a while. Yeah, it's yeah. Been, it has, hasn't it? Yeah, very long while. Yeah, you know, I say this a lot, but... Well, actually, it makes me think of a podcast. I, so, remember I told you I started listening to that email automation podcast? Yeah. Yes. Secrets. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the guy was like, hey, guys, my na- his name's Borsch or something. He's uh, maybe Scandinavian or Eastern Euro. I can't quite tell. He's like, hey, it's Borsch here. Welcome to... And it's got like the big intro music and the, hey, DJ, cue the music and like cool intro. And <laughs> uh, hey, guys, Borsch here. First episode today I'm going to be talking. And it's like, whoa, this guy, this podcast is sick. I can see all the episodes. So I listened to the first one, I really liked it. And then I, I like got through that, it was about 30 minutes and then put the second one on and he's like, cue the intro music, DJ, boom, intro music, bam, 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 things on. And he's like, hey guys, this is Borsch here. So it's been about 18 months since my first episode. <laughs> and, you know, oh. and, and I was like, oh shit. And he's like, things got really busy with my ad agency, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I'm here today. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I've learned in the last 18 months. And I was like, okay, cool. Got to the third episode and he's like, Hey guys, so a bit of time since my last episode. He said, he said, it's the best line. He said, it's been a while since my last first episode. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but I was like, fuck, that's just classic podcasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're like, you, you sound super professional. People are like, wow, this thing is sick. And then you disappear for 12 months. Yeah, I disappeared no. for a couple of weeks here and there. It's been, you know, it hasn't been that long for hey, a while. It's been years. It's been years. Yeah, man. It's been years. Yes, I know when we first started, it was very touch, like here and there. Yeah. And then at a point, Joey put his foot down and was like, guys, this is what I think we need to do. We yeah. need to go high frequency to get better at it quicker and, and all of that shit. And then the rest was history. It was good. It yeah. has become easier as a result of that. Yeah. But like any marketing piece, it's easy to just not do it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you got a busy week and you're like, ah, sitting down for a chat, we'll do it next week. But it's also like you said, like looking from the outside – if you hadn't listened to that episode, you would have just seen this like catalog of episodes and assumed that he'd been consistent, right? Yeah. So it's like, because you don't look at the date. And that you it's think it looks released. like a business. I'm exactly. like, oh, he probably gets paid to do that podcast. Exactly, right? And now now that you've been consistent, that's that's the JB podcast. Yes. Someone from the outside just like, oh man, they must do this perfectly on time all the week until they listen to this episode just now. And they're like, oh, a bunch of slackers. <laughs> what episode are we up to? This is 183. 183. Ooh. Yeah, dog. Not bad. Not bad, eh? Two hundo coming up. Thanks, fam. Appreciate you listening. By the way, Coaches Intensive is coming up at the end of this month. If you are interested in becoming a world-class coach, you should probably come and do this two-day course. Run here at the gym, facilitated by myself, Dylan, Paul, and other members or other coaches of the JB crew. Um, get in touch with me, joey at junglebrothers.com, and we can talk about it. And yes, there is a special price if you are a listener of the podcast. Come at me. See you next week. Later, Sam.